it's Wednesday the 15th of November. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I'm the new Minister for Anti-Wokery and Common Sense. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we gather up the best bits of the papers and make them into a single entity, like a boy band. <laughs> We've got the Times as the classy one, the Star as the cheeky one, the Guardian as the one who does all the clever interviews, and the Mail as the one who gets cancelled for saying that a shady cabal is running everything and Trump was right. <laughs> We're out every day, Monday to Friday, for your gratification and glee, and because, you know, we enjoy daily newspaper-based tomfoolery. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Hate mail. Suella Braverman's written a letter to Rishi Sunak and she doesn't hold back. Here we go. A British doctor has got to the finals of Mullet Fest. And nifty ways to leave your lover. The mail is here to tell us all about relationship breakdowns. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we've written an open letter that knifes you right in the front. <laughs> I'm Miranda Sawyer, and with me on the show today is writer of columns for CNN and due to be Home Secretary by Christmas, Holly Thomas. Hello, Holly. Hi. Also with us is comedian and our next minister for riling up the Stone Island Massive, <laughs> it's Gronya Maguire. Hello, Gronya. Respect. Hello. <laughs> so what do we have on the front pages today? Holly, what have we got? So on the front cover of The Eye, we have a revenge served hot with a photo of Soella Braverman opening the door to what looks like the entrance to hell. There's literally <laughs> like a red, a really hard to distinguish red background. And above that, we have a quote, betraying the nation, no mandate, incapable, magical thinking, etc. So, um, yeah, just a little, little preview of uh, Soella's thoughts there. Then... The Daily Telegraph uh, is going with Braverman launches brutal attack on PM's betrayal of nation. Um, they've not gone with the most flattering photo of Suella. She's looking quite kind of unkempt. Yeah, um, I mean, no disrespect. Like, I've... She's been busy. <laughs> right, the house looking much worse. Um, and then The Times has Braverman, colon, PM lied to me and betrayed Britain. And then The Guardian... Braverman accuses Sunak of betrayal in brutal parting shot. And we have a little picture of her sort of peeping out from behind a curtain of hair, sort of smirking with a sort of like TBC vibe to, <laughs> to her in general. Yeah. OK, Gronya, what do you have? So uh, I've got the Daily Mail. They also are leading with Suella headline. We had a deal and you broke it, Suella tells PM. And again, an amazing picture. And... I don't know if you agree with me. I think she looks like, you know, like when you're at university and one of your friends stays out with her boyfriend for the first time <laughs> and then they arrive back in, their hair is a bit of a mess and they've got this little smirky face going, ah, you know where I've been. That's how I would describe how Swella looks in this Yeah, picture. like she's got a new boyfriend, basically. Yeah, she's uh, she's been up to no good. <laughs> Our favourite little messy, messy bitch who lives her drama. <laughs> she's here. Uh, the Daily Mirror, they also cover the story Swella savages Sunak. Tories are revolting. Then The Sun have um, a story on the royal family. It's Charles and Harry. Look who's talking. Uh, oh, king. It's one of them. Oh, one of them a king. <laughs> one of them's a king. Look who's talking. I assume it's because one of it's a king and not that one of them can hear the voices of babies. 
<laughs> I don't know. And that's uh, Prince Harry and Meghan have phoned King Charles to wish him a happy 75th So birthday. that is literally a story about a phone call? Yeah. Okay. That might have happened. That might have happened, possibly. Um, and then the Daily Star have Tories in a tiz. Sacked Cruella accuses Rishi of betraying Britain. She says he is weak, a bit wet and a loser. And it's got a picture of a handbag. And in so in this world, this Daily Star world, uh, Suella is in the handbag. <laughs> <laughs> and the handbag, it's a giant handbag and it's flattened Rishi Sunak. And the headline is handbagged. <laughs> See, that's what you do with a picture. Now, I can't quite believe I'm saying this, but we're back, back, back talking about Suella Braverman. Rishi clearly hoped that appointing Call Me Lord Dave as Foreign Secretary on Monday would mean that the headlines would be full of Cameron's return rather than his bestie-turned-nemesis Suella's departure. Well, sacking. But Suella just waited a day before coming out with what we can call a bombshell letter to our dear Prime Minister. She released it last night on Twitter, so it would be all over the front pages today. Holly, what was in that letter? Well, we're talking about breakups later, and honestly, those guys walked so that Sweller and Richard could run. <laughs> it's 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 pretty damning. So she's she spends like maybe a paragraph going on about what she's proud about. Things like twenty thousand new police officers recruited, a public order act, antisocial behaviour. She just stuff. goes snooze, snooze, snooze. Yeah, she's <laughs> just like snooze, oh, whatever, whatever, whatever. But um, then she ha- starts just hammering Rishi. She says she only agreed to become Home Secretary in October because he agreed to do certain things. She says despite you having been rejected by majority of party members during the summer leadership contest and thus having no personal mandate to be Prime Minister, I agreed to support you because of the firm assurances you gave me on key policy decisions. Um, so those were things like reducing overall legal migration, introducing specific legislation to stop the boats, that is to say leaving the European Convention of Human Rights, um, delivering the Northern Ireland Protocol. And basically, I mean, The Guardian points out that Rishi promised a government of integrity, professionalism and and accountability when he won the Tory leadership contest. And, you know, agreeing to secret deals behind the scenes doesn't really kind of jam with that. Um, So she's definitely undermining him from absolutely every available front. And she's basically saying that the only reason he could kind of get across the line as a leader was because she said, yes, I I backed you and you wrote it down. These are the things that you said you would do. Absolutely. And from someone who's been making a none too subtle bid, you know, or, or sort of laying the groundwork for her own leadership bid, it's a knife like in the front and the back from every single direction. <laughs> um, and, yeah, she, and she's saying, you know, she worked out all the policy detail, um, woman of detail, pray for men, mm. uh, sure. Um, and she said that he manifestly and repeatedly failed to deliver on every single one of these policies. There's so much, not even side-eye, like it's just like Slayton, isn't it? She says, either your distinctive style of government means you are incapable of doing so, or, as I must simply conclude now, you never had any intention of keeping your promises. I mean, she just says, you can't keep your promises, you're rubbish. 
it's a Taylor Swift song. Yes, yeah, it's, so it it's so like I keep expecting to hear in the background. Look what you made me do. <laughs> Look what you made me do. Yeah, she said our deal was no mere promise over dinner. <laughs> Just yeah. like continuing this sort of theme of like an absolutely savage breakup. Yeah, I mean it's it's it's, it's very interesting because she basically says, "Look, this is what you didn't do," but then she doesn't hold back with her language, and that's what's kind. I mean, on one level, you know, you can't help it. You just yeah. go respect, like because it's really hardcore. At the end, she goes, someone needs to be honest. Your plan is not working. We have endured record election defeats. Your resets have failed and we are running out of time. You need to change course urgently. I mean, it's just like, it's like she's like, on the other side. It's it's as though when she was leaving number 10, she just threw a grenade over her shoulder. And that's the yeah. red glow that we can see behind the door. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely it. I mean, there's going to be a, a kind of pinch point today, isn't there? Because part of what she talks about in the in the letter is about the about Rwanda. Yeah. So her, her amazing plan to send uh, immigrants that she considers to be illegal to Rwanda. And this is coming up uh, uh, in the Supreme Court today. They're going to deliver their verdict. And they are, the Supreme Court is basically um, held into held by principles from the European Court of Human Rights. And if it goes the wrong way, basically Suella thinks we should leave the European Court of Human Rights. Yeah, exactly. She's criticising Rishi for not enacting emergency legislation that will basically allow them to disregard um, whatever the court decides. Um, and she also just, I mean, back in, I think it was April, um, just advocated for leaving the European Convention on Human Rights, which Cleverly, who was then Foreign Secretary, said would be basically a horrible idea. It would spoil the relationship with the US, President Biden would hate it. Uh, the convention also underpins a lot of rights in Northern Ireland. Basically, it's, it's a very bizarre thing for Home Secretary to advocate for based on like one kind of precious policy that she's so, so, so keen on. Um, yeah, she, I mean, she had a dream and that dream was for, for migrants <laughs> to be flown to Rwanda come hell or high water. Oh, and we've just heard actually that um, Suella's lovely Rwanda plan has been rejected by the Supreme Court. Oops. Oopsies. <laughs> yeah, some dreams just aren't made to be realised, apparently. <laughs> Darn that European Convention on Human Rights. If it hadn't been for that pesky court. Yeah, we'd have got away with it. <laughs> so the most interesting thing about that is it seems like over the last kind of week and a half, she was like pushing to be chucked, wasn't she? She was behaving really badly so that Rishi had to chuck her before Rwanda. Yeah, absolutely. So this um, this loss doesn't belong to her now. It belongs to Rishi and uh, James Cleverly, their new Home Secretary. So she doesn't have to clear up any of the mess and she can just stand on the sidelines going, look, look, if you'd just done what I told you, this would have passed and we could have been flying thousands of migrants to Rwanda, which would have been amazing. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, but she doesn't have any responsibility to do anything about it. So it's quite a cosy position for her, in a way, in a way. Um, Granny, the, one of the things that's struck me about Suella's letter was it was it reminded me you know on social media where women kind of go okay we're finished but I've kept the receipts yeah. <laughs> and then they just show all the screenshots of the texts oh, of pre, of your relationship it reminded me of that it could have been a notes up she could have just just tweeted it increasingly it feels like British politicians it's like a feeding line to go on reality TV and I love this so much because I think that's where she's going to find her home she is so messy this whole episode 
feels like, you know, in The Apprentice, where a team has done really badly and suddenly it's like, well, this was your idea. Well, as manager, <laughs> there's only so much I could do. This is what it reminds me of. And I'm just so excited for a Wansuela on I'm a Celebrity, a Wansuela on Celebrity Apprentice. Bake Off, maybe. Oh, I mean, you can imagine oh, the mess. She could be the first Bake Off villain. She could be the first Bake Off being like, like saying, oh, no, you should put it up to like 400 degrees. Or don't add the eggs. You don't need eggs. Just sabotaging everyone. Can we just talk about the picture? I mean, I realise that this is quite basic, but I thought, okay, this is a really, you know, this is a hardcore letter. She's thought about it for Mm -hmm. days, clearly. And if you think about it for days and you're kind of revving up to to deliver this letter, then mostly women in politics would have had a blow dry. They would have made sure they were like kind of, you know, up to... Gillian Keegan kind of state of affairs with your heels on, your hair done, you know, little suit, power suit, out you go. And she didn't bother, which is why we get all these odd pictures of her. Whereas normally you would get a full hardcore, you know, I'm leaving. But I I like this because I think before she was very polished. She, you know, she had sort of the blow dry and the ringlets. (laughs) Absolutely clear. (laughs) (laughs) But together, I feel like this is she's announcing... The old Suella Braverman is dead. Yeah. She can't come to the phone right now. And <laughs> she's messy. She's like, I'm not going to play by the rules. It's like bedhead hair. Yeah. She's not controllable, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. Because I thought, you see, a fuck you letter needed a fuck you pick. But actually, it's your fuck letter. And so am I. <laughs> look at me. This is a walk of shame, look. She's leaning into it. Now, in The Guardian and The Star, which shows it's important, (laughs) there's a piece about a British army doctor who works at Bovington Camp in Dorset. Dr Alistair Bush will be travelling to New South Wales in Australia to take part in a competition on the 2nd of December. Gronya, what will he be competing in? He will be competing in Mullet Fest. Yay! <laughs> we all had it marked in our calendars. <laughs> it comes earlier and earlier every year. <laughs> uh, so this is Dr. Bush. Great name. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> What's he doctor of? <laughs> Shush, no, we don't know. That's, that seems like a real euphemism. Your husband sees you've got an appointment with Dr. Oh, Bush. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. It's women business. <laughs> so he has won a mullet contest heat in Curry Curry in New South Wales. So now he's heading to the final. This is so exciting. It's got real cool runnings vibes, doesn't it? <laughs> like a British doctor. Yeah. Plucky ent- outsider. Yeah, entering mullet of the year in Australia. <laughs> and like a multi-stage tournament. <laughs> like, like surely you could just line up some people with mullets and pick no, one. No, this is very serious. It's very serious. So mullets, obviously, I mean, we all know what a mullet is, but perhaps if you don't, this is a a hairstyle which is described as business at the front, party at the back. So it's very neat. And actually on this doctor, it's so if you look for pictures of him, it so perfectly describes him. So he's got a really neat kind of short back and sides at the front and then it just explodes at the back. (laughs) It explodes in a kind of curly-whirly rug. Um, He started growing his hair during lockdown. So far he's got it down to, it's 12 inches at the back, which is not bad for a mullet, but not all the way. Mm. It's a very well-conditioned, you know, curly mullet. You know what I mean? There's quite a lot of depth to it, you know. So he might do well. We don't know. Um, There's different categories. Shall I read them out? Yes. Okay. Everyday mullet. Okay. I'm not sure. (laughs) 
shopping vibey. You're shopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Going to Grubby mullet. Which I think is, you know, when you let your hair go into kind of like um, dreads. I think that's on. Vintage, which just means you're oh. older. Ranga, which is a redhead. Extreme, no oh idea. And junior. Junior is like naught to three years old, oh. three to seven year olds. Oh my <laughs> Lots God. Lots of little like baby Baywatch. <laughs> so lifeguards. funny. So funny. And the mullets are judged on haircut. Overall presentation, which I think might mean you have to wear an outfit. For, I think you have off. to wear like dungarees with one of the straps hanging down. Oh, yes, like <laughs> Harry, like Henry from Neighbours, <laughs> and stage presence. Which I don't know still is the whether it's the hair's got the stage presence or the person. Do you see what I mean? Are you wearing the mullet, or is the mullet wearing you? Exactly this. Exactly this. Anyway, we do wish him well, don't we? Um, I just wanted to ask you if you've ever had mullet. No, they stress me out a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But they're quite trendy now, aren't they? They look really, really cool on like a certain... I mean, I feel like everyone should be able to do what they want, right? Mm. There's a certain type of person who looks incredibly cool and like elfin. On me, I I don't have the hair to to stand up a mullet. I have a sad little rat's tail. Yeah, it's a wolf cut, isn't it? It's like the modern version is a wolf cut. The Miley Cyrus, she was kind of making it relevant for the kids. Yeah, Yeah, she she can do it. I think if you've got a bit of a curl, that really helps. Oh, yeah. I think basically if you're stunningly beautiful yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you're a gorgeous superstar yeah, yeah that's, that, that, so why not try it <laughs> now at Paper Cuts we love a fab headline witty, silly, clever or daft we celebrate them all but only if they do their actual job yes <laughs> What about today? Do we have any good ones? Holly, what have you got? So in The Sun, we've got this story about Noel Gallagher, who's dating a woman called Sally, 28 years after the release of Don't Look Back in Anger. Yeah. Obviously, famous mm. line is, and so Sally can wait. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> I'll sing it if you want. <laughs> I, I, I would, I'd rather not. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's light as a loft. Yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> so it's Oasis Legends, New Flame, So Sally Can Date. Then also in the sun, uh, we've got this story about a waterfall that was blown upwards um, wow. by the force of Storm Debbie in Abadaran. Um, so, yeah, apparently a 200-foot crane was in danger of falling over. It says, Viagra Falls. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. And yeah. they've got a picture of it going... Mm. It has, although the angle of the um, of the waterfall, it's actually, it's blown up so far and over it. Like, it, I would say it's overshot what one would ask of Viagra. Um, <laughs> it's, it's at a sort of like 320 degree angle. So it's, it's going much. back into somebody's eye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Grania, what do you have? Uh, so in the Daily Star, there's a story about how a certain hit film starring Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. about everybody's favourite doll has influenced the name of dogs. Oh. And the headline is Barbie Girl, a hut a mutt hit. Barbie Girl (laughs) Girl. Oh sorry, Barbie Girl (laughs) a mutt hit. So they're calling their dogs Barbie. Is that what they're saying? It kind of sounds like a Barbie girl has been become like taking hits out on dogs. I don't know, but uh, It's like they've overcomplicated it, isn't it? Yeah, they thought they, they got too excited. <laughs> so this is a story about students have taken on a stiff oh that's Ooh. foreshadowing about what the headline might be. <laughs> a stiff challenge for charity, cycling from Cock Lane 
to Dick Place. Are they oh students? My God. I mean, no, are they students? <laughs> <laughs> and the headline is, that's a schlong old ride. I love it. Nice. I love the use of the word schlong. We don't hear that enough yeah, in tabloids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what Rishi needs to bring back. And I will yeah. bring back the use of schlong in everyday language. People go, do you know what? He's got, he's got some ideas. Now, inside the papers, between the hardcore, all-weather, wrap-around front and back pages, is the cute and fluffy jumper that is the features section. Here you will find detailed analysis of Christmas sandwiches, of tech bros' love lives, and of the correct pair of boots to wear to lunch with an ex you want to still think you're fit. And in today's Women Improve Yourselves by Buying Stuff section in the Telegraph and the Times, we have ways to keep yourself slightly warmer. We do. So basically, granny cardigans are back. The image that conjures of when I think of my own grandmas is like huge, like shapeless, kind of slightly bobbly, like maybe red or grey cardigans. Absolutely not. Um, what we're <laughs> seeing is like... Um, if you picture, you know when um, Marge Simpson got that Chanel suit and then she just like turned it into lots of different things because yep. she wanted to save money. So imagine like the cardigan iteration of that. It's very like Sloan Rangery. Um, we often have like a nice little like ribbon detail or buttons. He's got those gold buttons quite often that yeah. come down. Yeah, and and they come at a they come at a premium. It's fair to say. So the one that we're especially keen on apparently is called the Levan. It's fifteen hundred and thirty pounds. Ooh. So let's just who take is, a who's the granny to... buying that? I know. Yeah. And what do you do? I mean, the washing. The washing. I would be so oh. worried about that. Yeah, it's going to cost you that again in dry cleaning, surely. Yeah. Right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I have felt the gravitational force of this trend. I mm. bought, but like, it's, it's, I don't know, you sort of, it seems like a good idea at the time. And then as soon as I bought it home, I was like, oh my God, then I have to go out and wear it. And it feels like such a statement. It's like you're kind of saying like, oh, Sloan Ranger's back. I feel. Or also Parisian chic. I did try one of these cardies on yeah. <laughs> in H&M for 38 quid. <laughs> it was a black version. It was nice and it looked okay. But I just thought I never go anywhere where I have to look like Parisian chic. So what's the point? Yeah. It's not even worth 40 quid. Like, don't bother. No, exactly. I feel like this, what we're seeing is like, yet yeah, more of the kind of like cultural influence of like the crowns coming out again this uh, week. Yeah. So we've got like that kind of princess die early 90s thing that we're all going for. There was a very special version of this, though. Apparently, Katie Holmes has been seen wearing a cardigan. Fine. You know, she's obviously on trend, but a matching bra made from the same woolly stuff, which could be known as a bradigan. <laughs> And also, can you imagine that on I, your boobs? So it sounds really itchy, and also I just do not trust the like, the structural integrity. No. of of yeah. knitted. I, I no. saw I saw that picture, and I I mean, she looked more comfortable married to Tom Cruise. And in. Perhaps more news for the ladies. In the mail, there's a two-page spread about relationship breakdown, although men could read this, I have to say. Um, nine women writers give us a few hundred words each on the moment they knew it was over in a past relationship. So, grunya. <laughs> there's some good ones in here, isn't there? It's, it's fascinating. It's, I mean, what people share and what they're sharing and what they think 
they're revealing about themselves and what they are is quite fascinating. So uh, there was Lisa Hilton. Um, so on Christmas Day, they, it was just their first year of being married and her husband presented her with some shoes and she was like, oh, these are very nice shoes. Thanks very much. Oh, oh, how embarrassing. They're the wrong size. And she was like, oh, men, what are bloody men like? <laughs> Bloody hell. But her husband, apparently, in her recollection, was mortified, really embarrassed, was sort of like excessively stressed about giving her the wrong size of shoe. And then it was only later when she was sort of tidying around, she discovered a box with the exact same pair of shoes, but in a different size. For her. So then she realised that he had bought her and apparently his mistress the same pair of shoes but just in different sizes that's so, so lazy isn't it like I mean have some respect if you're going to cheat on someone at, at least, least in a different colour <laughs> but like also didn't she say something like she just like swapped the shoes around and then she just didn't want to make a scene so she yeah. just went downstairs I did quite like the fact that she just put the shoes on though and just kind of came down yeah. so she rumbled him yeah. completely and he couldn't make a scene because his parents were there of course it's very like cliched English people don't talk about feelings yeah. it's like oh Margaret nice shoes yeah, and it's exactly. the subtext oh the subtext yeah. also like this is the first year of marriage so that has like I said yes out of politeness <laughs> written all over it doesn't it <laughs> like, these people should never have walked down the aisle no definitely not there's also um, Vanessa and she knew something was up what, to do with her dog yeah so little Moira a dachshund um, so basically the husband boyfriend um, boyf. boyf so the boyf originally loved Moira and Moira mm-hmm. you know as her dogs are you know incredibly affectionate in return and basically yeah he used to take Moira for lots of walks and uh, Vanessa knew something was up when he stopped because as she put it like it was something like his love of Moira was like analogous to his love for her which is kind of a weird way of putting it yeah. but I, 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 that being said I can see the kind of like you could you would sort of draw conclusions if he was like really really happy to do something for you just as a token of affection and then he wasn't yeah. um, he withdrew that love yeah, yeah. from big, you and your Dushan yeah no exactly big conclusion to jump to though because um, like yeah I can't I can't remember like I don't have it in front of me but did she did she then confront him and just find that no, he was she just decided, no she just decided she just it was a sign do you know what if you can't be bothered to take my dog for a piss every evening. This isn't going to work. Yeah. You know, I'm all for that. Moira comes first. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Yeah, she's correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we have to. I, th- I do think, Ronya, there's a few others that are quite good. There's a couple that kind of describe the ick. Kate Spicer basically, she had a boyfriend who started wearing shit jewellery. <laughs> and she was like, off your pop, which I quite like. <laughs> yeah. But the best one as ever. Is Liz Jones, isn't oh. it, Grania? I mean, you know, hallelujah. Thank friend, the Lord for Liz Jones. Friend of the pod. Our Queen <laughs> Jones. <laughs> okay, let's go through this one, shall we? Okay, so she'd been married. I'm going to go into as much granular detail, which I think it deserves. Yep. They'd been married for two years when, his hu- when her husband decided he wanted to find himself in India. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought that would be the end. Like, And then I realised we <laughs> that was just that we're just setting the scene for the tale. And... Um, <laughs> Then he, she discovers while he was finding himself in India, he was also finding an American woman. What? Capitalised. A American woman. Um, he begged for forgiveness. So then she had to go to New York on a job. 
and she decided to invite him over as a peace offering, even paying for his flights. Oh, but it always paying. As far as, <laughs> like, as far as we can work out from that relationship, she's always paid for everything. So she pays for him to come over to New York with her. <laughs> so then he's bragging about this amazing vegan restaurant. And she's like, mm, look at you. You're a real little New Yorker. <laughs> Your first time here. You already know the way of the land. But okay, we're, we're, we're leading to the big scene. <laughs> In bed the next morning in our room with its view of the Empire State Building. So she's letting us know she's doing well. She's been paid <laughs> to go there. She's paying for his flight. Uh, he performed... Okay, I'm, dire- I'm quoting directly from Liz here. He performed an act I had always found boring. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. He ironed. <laughs> <laughs> but that day, question mark... Blimey, I said, where on earth did you learn to do that? He smirked before saying yoga. Mm. Oh, no. Yoga. And apparently that's when she knew. She was like, you're showing off all these new tricks you've learned, as well as vegan restaurant recommendations <laughs> from <laughs> da, 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 the American woman. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that really makes me laugh about this is we can assume that the act is not ironing, but possibly <laughs> oral sex. So the first time he gives her good oral sex, <laughs> she goes, it's over. <laughs> but the thing is, Liz. Right, her, but her career depends on having a terrible relationship. You can't get good copy out of how I'm having an amazing time <laughs> yeah. with my husband who gives good. Like, she's not going to be able to afford many more flights to New York if her husband gets good in bed. <laughs> That's very true. There's a really brilliant bit, though, where she writes to the, the American woman, doesn't she? Yeah, so she sent the Yank an abusive email mm. to which she replied, Thank you for reaching out. Oh, oh that's so good. Well done, the American that's woman. That's so American. Isn't it great? I love it. And also, you do feel like she should have maybe sent an email saying, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> now he's good in bed. <laughs> and that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Holly. Thank you. And thanks to Grania. Thank you. And thanks to every one of you in our Papercut Supporters Club, helping us to thumb our noses at the man for just £5 a month. If you too want to become wild and not quite free but pretty cheap, just follow the show notes to back.papercutshow.com to find out more. And our excellent supporters get a shout-out on every show. So who do we have today? Holly. Thanks a million, Tenshira Arjunkit. Grania. Thanks a billion to A. Booth. And thanks a gazillion to J. Butler Moore. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when the star has revealed boffins have gone to war with new age wellness quacks. <laughs> Experts at the London Centre for Applied Psychology are fed up with charlatans and tricksters, apparently. Who wins? <laughs> Only one way to find out. Fight! <laughs> See you tomorrow. Papercuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Holly Thomas and Grania Maguire. The group editor was Andrew Harrison, managing editor was Jacob Jarvis, and the producer was Liam Tate. Music and audio production was by me, Simon Williams, socials by Jess Harpin, and the executive producer was Martin Boytosh. Papercuts is a Podmasters production.